Uh, but thank you for being again with us uh, here at New Day. We're going to continue this series called Recalibrate. To calibrate means to bring back to a standard, to bring back to where it belongs, and to recalibrate. Are you coming over here? Come on over here. To recalibrate means that we're coming back to where and what God has for us. I specifically want to focus today on the mindset of a son. What does it mean to have a mindset of a son toward our Heavenly Father? And you're going to see in a moment today, I really feel like God is going to speak directly to some very specific things inside of your life. I know that he wants to deal with doubt, insecurity, shame, and this one thing specifically that is an orphan mindset. You've heard me mention it before, but I really want to come back to this because I, I watch it happen not only in my own life, but I watch it happen in the lives of those that I get to minister to on a week-to-week basis, and it's hard to detect. I'm attempting to help you detect something, maybe in your own heart or your mind, that you didn't know why you act a certain way, why you struggle with something, or why you can't seem to just really get this thing down between you and God. Has anybody ever dealt with or struggled with doubt, insecurity, or shame? Those are, those are common things that we dealt with, but they happened all the way back in the beginning of the ages. When the enemy would say these words, if you can put that on the screen, there's a little uh, illustration I have. Did I, did I have the one with the illustration? Okay. Is, there's, a, there's a question that God or this Satan asked in the garden. It was this. Has God really said And what he did with Eve at that time was he began to create within her this doubt. And he does it with us. You go through a particular situation. Is God really good? Has God really promised you that? Will God really come through? And so he's attempting to create doubt in a very covert type of way. And so we begin to doubt. We begin to live our lives unsure what God's going to do. We know what he said We see something different, and so we're trying to figure out how to get to a place where doubt is not more common than belief. But not only what comes with that is also what comes with him being able to lie to us is this thing called insecurity. Has anybody ever dealt with some insecurity? You just don't feel like you're good enough, maybe toward others. You don't feel like you measure up. You don't feel like you're confident in the midst of other people who maybe have achieved more. Maybe they have accomplished more. You look online and you start to go, man, I really don't feel like I measure up to them. And it happened in the garden where they don't feel like they measured up. And so they begin to doubt God. They begin to deal with insecurity. What happened was because they had sinned and crossed the line or did not follow the instruction, they hid from God. They hid from a God that they walked daily with. They hid from a God that was good to them, that loved them, that they fellowshiped with every single day, and yet they're hiding. And God comes to him and says, Adam, where where are you? And he says, I'm hiding because I'm what? I'm afraid. I'm ashamed because I'm naked. I, 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 I no longer feel that you and me are good. And so what happens now from that time on, something is now given to all of us 
and it's an orphan mindset or an orphan spirit. Guys, it, we all are struggling with it. It doesn't matter how long you've been a believer, I'm telling you there's something within us that has this orphan mindset that has been attached and we wonder so, so much, why do I struggle to enjoy God? Why do I feel like he's disappointed? Why do I feel like I just don't measure up or that I'm not worthy or I'm not qualified or that he's just not happy with me? And there's going to be a reason why as we discover today. If you'll turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14, 18 through 20, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation this morning. The reason why I'm doing that is just to emphasize a few things. We normally read out of the New King, not for any specific reason, but here it goes. And I want you to see some words that Jesus said. He said, I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as an orphan. So this is what Jesus is saying to the disciples at that time as he's about to know that his, his end of the time is coming soon. He says, I promise that I'll never leave you helpless or I'll never abandon you as an orphan, but I will come back to you. Soon I will leave this world and they will see me no longer, but you will see me because I will live again and you will come alive as well. So when that day comes, you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are what? One with me, for I will be living where? In you. How many are striving? And I know that if you've been here for a new day, you may not raise your hand because you know it may be a wrong answer. But how many strive to just get closer to God? It's like this never-ending quest of like, God, I'm coming after you and I'm going to get close to you. And how many feel like you just always come up a lot short? <laughs> like you just never feel, maybe you feel for a moment close with God, but you never feel like, man, I'm in a place of closeness. That you're always striving day after day to get to a place of close. And Jesus said these words, I'm living in the Father and you are what? One with me. How do you get closer than being one? What if we're striving after something that Jesus already did for us? What if we're trying to attain to a certain level of relationship with God that is already secured by what Christ did? And what if Jesus is living in us and we're living in him? How do you get closer than that? Who we become in dependent on what we focus on. Whether you focus on your old man, which I have here, if you're new to New Day, you may not know exactly what this is, but this is who you were before you accept Christ. You have a mind that is carnal, you have a heart that does not want the things of God, your eyes are blinded, your ears are deaf, and so what happens is we get saved, we focus more on this guy. How many look in a mirror sometimes and know all the things that you just need to fix about you? Like, like things that you're embarrassed about. We hold secrets because we don't want this guy to be revealed. We think we're this guy. We talk about to God about this guy all the time. Lord, I'm struggling with this, and I have this issue, and I have this issue. And so this is the guy that gets our focus. And whatever you focus on, guess what? It begins to grow up inside of you, and you become just like it. How many have tried to be like, I'll never be like my parents, and guess what happens? 
You start to drift toward the very thing that you're focused on rather than focus on what God has made you to be. And that's what we're doing this morning. And probably every time I get to talk to you is I want to call you up into who you are. I want to help you discover that this is who you are. You've been made a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's who you are. You're not that old man. If you receive Christ Jesus and you have been saved by the Spirit of God, that is not who you are. This is who you are. He's given you a new heart. He's given you the mind of Christ. He's given you eyes that can see and ears that can hear. Are you following me? And so at the end of the day, who we become in Christ, whether we continue to go from glory to glory, is dependent upon what? What you focus on. And let me say it like this too. Many times we focus on the old man and everybody else that we know as well. And we get fixated on who they used to be and how they've acted out rather than call somebody up. One of the things that the Lord has challenged me over the last couple of years is, Justin, you, may, you can correct and discipline your daughters, but call them up as well. Don't just leave them in a place of, man, I'm just so frustrated with this about you, and why did you do that, and why are you acting like this? No, call them up and do how I see them and what you think about them just as well. And it's been a great practice for me and Sarah as we begin to call Summer and Carly up into who they are and who God sees them to be. Because sometimes they act anything but that. <laughs> but it's always good to remember, so does Sarah and I. And so you must discern as you're walking on this journey with me, you must discern whose voice you're listening to and whose thoughts that you are receiving from. Every time the Father speaks, He speaks with love. Every time. Every time the Father speaks, how do you know if it's voice? It comes with love. It comes with care. It comes with concern. It comes with compassion. It comes with love. And every time the Father speaks, it comes with a weight. A weight that you can't hold on to your own. A weight that comes with condemnation. A weight that comes with, man, I'm just so dumb. I'm just so stupid. I can't believe I did this or I did that. I had a conversation with two people yesterday, and one of the people were just saying, I'm just so this, and I'm just so this, and I regret doing this, and she was fixated on this idea, I can never get past this. And so every thought we receive, and every thought that we dwell on, it impacts our future. The reason why I'm sharing this is because it's great to know what Jesus did. It's great to sing the songs that we sing. But if we sing those songs and declare that the gospel is the good news, and yet we live our life completely burdened by life, has the gospel truly impacted our hearts? If we look year after year and we don't find God being able to transform us, there's something maybe we're missing. And I hope that we can at least diagnose it today that there's an orphan mindset that all of us have. Every voice you listen to determines whether or not you enjoy or you're unable to enjoy the inheritance that God gave you. If you're a child of God, you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ, which means this, whatever is his is, yep, 
Think about this. So what is Jesus allowed to partake of as a son of God? Everything from peace to joy to righteousness to freedom to victory to overcoming All those things are his right. And now God says by the gospel and the grace of God, you are now a joint heir with Christ. And not only that, you're an heir of God. But how many of us struggle to receive what Jesus can freely receive? Why? Because of an orphan what? Mindset. I'm telling you, it's hindered us from even enjoying God. It's hindered us from being able to raise our hands on Sunday because we can think of all the things why we don't deserve to raise our hands. I'm just faking it. God must know that I don't even know even worthy to raise my hands. And so what happens is we get fixated on who? On who we used to be. And anytime you get fixated on him, you can't walk away from this guy. And so you do your best to what? Be a good Christian person, but this is who you see yourself to be. And so you know it's just a matter matter of time before you blow up. It's a matter of time before you stress out. It's a matter of time before anxiety overtakes your life. Why? Because this is what I know to be. And this guy has learned how to live life from what? A worldly perspective. If somebody hurts you, hurt them back. Or if somebody hurts you, talk bad about them. Why? Because they don't know how to love. Why? Because they haven't received who they are. There is freedom in the new man. There's freedom in the new life, and we're going to dive into that in just a moment. So look at Romans chapter 8, verse number 15. Man, when I looked at this passage, I, I was like, how do you even get past this passage? I feel like we could stand here for like hours and just talk about the amazing riches that can, are contained in these words. He says this again in the Passion Translation. He said, you did not receive the spirit of what? Religious duty. You didn't receive this spirit of saying, do this, don't do this, act this way, don't act that way. He says, leading you back into a fear of what? Never being good enough. As you walk through this life as a believer, but you have this orphan mindset, the orphan mindset has this tendency to always go, I'm just not good enough. I I wish I was a better Christian. I wish I was like them. I wish I could worship like them. I wish I could preach like that. I wish I could sing like that. They're always comparing because they never feel fully secure in who they are in the eyes of God. It says, but you have received the spirit of what? Full acceptance. Another, Another word there in another translation is the spirit of what? Adoption. We have uh, Emily and Frank with us today, and they adopted this little girl named Leah. And that adoption was signifying to Leah, you are fully accepted by us. Has Leah, or can she do anything right now? She's eight months old. Eight months old. Can she do anything to earn that with them? Well, she probably can do that. You know, like that, that just... She was at her house the other day, and she just kept on entertaining us. But what, she can't earn it. And that's why we love him, because why? He first loved us. Guys, he first loved you before you ever did anything to deserve it. We love him because he, so I have to receive. Everybody say receive. This is the key to the kingdom of God is learning how to what? Receive. 
So I have to receive that I've been fully accepted by God because of who? Of Christ. As I do this, that orphan mindset begins to now die inside of my life. I have to remind myself of this. Now look at this. It enfolds you into the family of God and you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits are joined to him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved or Abba Father. Verse 16. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. Do you realize how important it is for the Holy Spirit to do what he does in our life? He's just not there saying, don't do this, don't say that, don't talk like that. No, he is saying the Holy Spirit is actively involved going, Sherlina, I want to make God's fatherhood real to you. I want you to know that he is your beloved father and you're his beloved daughter. And we start to argue back and forth and going, yeah, but I don't, how can that be possible? Because that's how he sees you and that's his posture towards you. And so the Holy Spirit begins to what? Make God's fatherhood real to us. If you ever struggle with the fatherhood of God, just simply ask him to reveal it to you. And it says that he whispers into our innermost being, you are what? Beloved child. And since we are, verse 17, his true children, we qualify to share all of his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. Amen. We will experience being what? Co-glorified with him. Now, I really wanted to make sure I didn't miss this. We will experience being co-glorified with him provided that we accept what? The sufferings that come with being an heir of God. I have to learn how to receive the sufferings that come from this life too. And many of us are doing all we can do to avoid it. We're praying, God, please, don't make this harder than it needs to be. God, please let this be more easy, Father God, than I've imagined it with somebody else would be. And I have to learn how to embrace sufferings come along with what he has given to me. Because the good thing about it is, when a suffering comes, it comes with an attachment called grace. And grace says, I will strengthen and empower you every step of the way so that this suffering will not define you. In fact, it's going to propel you into who I've made you to be. So what's the difference between the mindset of a son and the mindset of an orphan? Remember, the Lord's going to begin to deal with your heart. If he does, and you feel it all like, hey, you know what? God's dealing with me. Stand up. I want to pray with you specifically. A mindset of a son versus the mindset of orphan. The mindset of a son is one of acceptance. I wake up knowing he's, he's accepted me. Ephesians tells me that I've been made acceptable to the Lord. The mindset of an orphan is one of rejection, which means this, I live this way. I'm going to show you an illustration in just a moment. I lived highly functional because I knew that at any moment... God had the right to reject me if I messed up. So it's not like you always live like, man, he's just going to reject me. No, maybe that's not your thought, but there's something deep internal that goes, 
Yeah, it could happen. One day he might reject me because I just don't measure up. He might reject the call of my life. He might reject the giftings of my life. He, just might, he might not let me be a blessing. Father, I thank you for Lawrence in Jesus' name. May you minister to this man's heart. May you call him up into a beloved son of God and that he would know you are a beloved father toward him. His, your thoughts toward him are precious. If he would account how great the thoughts are, they're more in number than the sands on the seashore. So, Father, bless him right now and meet him where he is. Speak to his heart, Holy Spirit. Reveal the fatherhood of God to him in Jesus' name. A son is full receiving. When my daughter walks into our kitchen, guess what she does? She receives whatever is in that kitchen. There may be times I say, whoa, 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 that is not for you, but she has complete freedom to receive. An orphan mindset is extremely transactional. So God, if I do this, what will you do? As a young man, being highly functional, and I'll show you why it happened that way just in my personal life, what happens is I go, God, I want to be used by God, and I want to have a great calling, and I want to impact many people. So God, what do I need to do in order to ensure that you'll be able to use me properly? And what happens is I started to ramp up certain things in my life just knowing that if I pray harder, longer, and with more vigor, maybe, man, God may use me. And what happens now is I'm transacting with God. If I do this, God, you'll do this. And so if I pray more, now all my things are, he is a bridge to what I want to accomplish for him. He's not the end of the bridge. And so now I'm using God to get where I want to go with God. Are you following me? So a son learns how to receive. And this is one thing I hear often from many of you is, man, this receiving thing is hard. Why? Because I don't feel like I deserve to receive, but I have to wake up each and every day and say, Father, I receive your favor today. I receive a mercy that is brand new today and a grace that will just give me the power to live the life that you called me to live. Wherever I go, I receive ears to hear so I can hear what the Spirit is saying about the people in front of me. This other way is like, Father, oh wait, I can't even talk to you yet. Let me go pray first. Let me go read first. Let me go do these things. And then I can say, oh, I receive your favor today, Father. I I prayed so hard today and I fasted and, and what happens is I start to transact with God rather than to receive from God. Do you see a difference at all? The next one is a relational versus functional. Sons and a mindset of a son is extremely relational and the mindset of an orphan is extremely what? Functional. What's the difference? Function is I do this and God responds. Relational is God already did something, I'm responding. Relational with God is always responsive. I am always responding to the goodness and the gospel of Christ. Functional is he's always responding to me. Christian, would you come up here for a second? I asked Christian before he came in if I could use him for an illustration. This is a young man who just recently had an encounter with God. Can I share just briefly? He had an encounter... Because there's family here, so do they know? Okay, they knew you took drugs. Okay. <laughs> he said yes. He's gonna, his testimony is going to go viral anyway. So um, three weeks ago about, right? Three weeks ago. I'm going to give you a chance to share it another time. Um, I'm just going to do a little quick thing because I want to show you what happens to many people who are just newly uh, encountering Christ is uh, the Lord spoke to him while he was on acid. 
Now, you think many different things speak to you when you're on acid. Um, but the Lord has encountered this man in a very real way. And his countenance is different. The desires of his heart is different. Why? Because he went from this man to this man. And it always happens in a moment, but you have to renew your mind to this. So now you have a young man named Christian who's going to start coming to church, okay? Uh, can you put that next slide up there um, every day or God's view of us? So every day our prime objective is these three things. This is the things that I keep in mind for myself every day. I want to embrace God's view of me. I want to embrace his purpose for me and then his thoughts toward me. That's my objective every day. It's not to go and save a whole bunch of souls, although that's going to be a byproduct of this. It's not to pray hours on end, or that might be a byproduct of this. It's not to be a better Christian. I want to receive from God, what is your view toward me, Father? What is your purpose for me? And what are your thoughts toward me? Okay, so now you have a young man named Christian. He just gets saved, comes to a church. Um, and this is not a knock on any church. This is nothing. I'm not trying to be, I'm, I'm going to be exaggerating, and I'm going to be mocking but I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to get a point across. And so we go, oh, man, you're saved? Okay, hey, um, you want to serve God, right? Okay, um, so this is an act of service. Okay, so uh, make sure you start to, to pray, okay? And it's going to be extremely important for you to become a better Christian. You're going to need to pray. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. Week number two. Man, really get in, get in the Word and start reading your Bible. I don't know what's a good amount of time. Maybe three chapters a day. Is that pretty good? Or a proverb a day. Let's just do it like that, Okay. Um, oh, dear Lord, man, you, you really, you really, just sh share your faith. You need it. You're an evangelist now, so make sure you go out and you share your faith as much as you possibly can. Um, man, get, get your, get your tail in church, okay? And, um, and when you're there, right, there's, there's opportunity to serve that church really, really a lot, okay? Um. I really, I really hope you, you run this race really well. And on top of that is, I don't know, just do something more. Because you're going you're, you're, you're gonna to feel like you need to. Okay, now I want you to worship God right now. And I want you to, to be excited about this. And how long can you hold those? They get tired. Okay, you can't hold. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, what? And then we look at them and go, what, what are you doing? Pick them back up, man. Okay. Well, he's not qualified. Father, I thank you for veiling in Jesus' name. May you break this in her heart. This mindset, Father God, renew it and change it. She's a daughter that is discovering this orphan mindset that is so strong in her heart and her mind. And I thank you that right now she can release it and she's learning what it means. She's discovering where it is. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that it's not just a moment that it breaks, but actually you're on a process with her in Jesus' name. Is that Christy? Father, I thank you for Christy. I ask in Jesus' name that she's able to receive the same thing. Reveal to her the fatherhood of God, but not only that, reveal to her that this is not about function. This is about freedom in relating with you. Father, the challenges that she faces, I thank you that you're causing her to be an overcomer. In Jesus' name, amen. So what happens is he goes home because he can't be real at church. Can you pick these back up? Okay, now walk over here. Okay, now he's home. Okay, put him down. And he's like, God, I can't, I can't do this. It could be two years later, a year later, a month later, whatever it is. And so he says, you know what? God, I can't do this one. I mean, I'm, I'm going to try my best. And then he tries to carry on with this. And eventually it's overbearing. And so he has to take these down. And guess what he feels like every time he takes these off? Yep, 
oh, I'm totally like, I know I suck at being a Christian, but man, Lord, I'm just going to keep on, I'm just going to pray. <laughs> That's all I'm going to do right now. And then he, he tries to carry that because he feels like somehow, some way, we burden people with, these are the things that's going to make you a better Christian, and these are the things that's going to get you to closer to God. And I want to remind him, before anybody gets to a chair in his hand, I want to sit with him. Sit in the chair real quick. We are able to do this on Friday, he and I were. And I'm going to begin to go, man, I want to tell you about who you are. Because when you finally realize who you are, all these things no longer have a weight to them. They're actually birthed out of relationship. And this is what God did to you, man. He changed your heart. So you're not looking to try to stop doing bad things. You're looking to embrace who God said to you. Man, he opened your eyes to so start to watch what God has in front of you. Start to listen to the spirit of God because he gave your ears to hear. Watch your language start to change because he's going to show you how to speak his language of faith and courage and hope rather than all the negativity that we hear all the time. And man, start to renew your mind. And so now I'm on, he's on a journey of discovering who this is. And embracing who this is and putting a mindset as a what? A saint. He's not a mindset of a sinner. When you see yourself as a sinner, you're trying your darndest. Don't sin. Don't, don't screw up today. Let's just try to do. No, when you're a mindset of a saint, you realize, man, that's who I am. I don't sin because it's bad. I, I don't sin because it's not who I am. Do I sin? Yes. I fail and I make mistakes. But I'm not perpetually trying to go after that lifestyle. Why? It's not who I am. And the reason why people are doing it is because they believe Ultimately, at the end of the day, they don't stand a chance. They're eventually going to do it. It's just an orphan mindset that is so strong on so many people. And so I feel privileged, and I'm, I'm thankful that for a season, Christian is in our community. Why? Because he won't get chairs placed on him. He's going to get called up into who you are, man, as a son of God. Yes. Amen. He, you're going to see residue. You're going you're gonna, to, maybe in a week or whatever it is, you're going to be like, man, why am I thinking about girls again? Because you're a guy, you know, but, but what, it, what happens is we get overwhelmed with going, man, how do I stop that? And what about, man, I just totally cussed out somebody, man. Repent and say, Father, I know that's not who I am. That's my old me. That is not my new me. And I thank you that I'm renewing myself so that that language is no longer part of who I am. And now what happens is this brother is getting called up. So now the Lord starts to go, I want you to come away with me and pray. And there's absolutely no burden because that prayer is not a means to get something from God. It's a means just to enjoy the Father. And now you open up the word and it's not because this is important you need to do it. It's because you're feeding your soul because you know, man, this is life and the word of God is in here. And now you're using your gifts to go out and tell people about what Jesus did do, not because God's now like, oh, good job, Christian. You're doing it because, man, I met somebody who loved me for who I am and he's changing the, the heck out of my life. Now we're in a place where he's relational before functional. And I'm sure a lot of you wish you could go back to that place and go, I wish I knew this at the start. Now you take me, on the other hand, I got saved and I began automatically. Now he has an orphan mindset and so do I and so do all you. So he has to fight that. That orphan mindset's going to feel like, but God's not happy with you. Get your act together. When are you going to start to fix and clean up stuff? And so although God loved him first and now he can love him, over time we begin to go, God probably loves me only to the degree that I love him. And we start to get it all skewed and he starts to now realize this orphan mindset feels like at any moment God can reject me. And I'm here to tell you, man, God loved you before you ever even had a good thought. And now he's going to use you not because of you but in spite of you and you just go and be 
you. And the Holy Spirit's going to be like, we don't hang out with those kind of people anymore. We witness. Oh, okay. And now he starts to teach you. He's not conforming himself to become more like me, to become more like you. None of us need to become more like each other. That would be horrible. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what New Day is. We all become like each other. No, no, no. You follow Jesus, man. And you watch the Holy Spirit now reveal the fatherhood to you and see where it goes. But in a functional, functional mindset, guess what? We start to see Christian. We go, I remember when it happened with Wendy. I remember this is when the Lord showed me something. I won't share any details, but I was going to say something in her life because this is what the Christian thing is to do. And the Lord said, don't you dare. And then Wendy told me afterwards, she goes, I'm glad you didn't do it. Because if you did, I would have probably done something I shouldn't have done. But what I'm saying is I try to, you ultimately in a functional way of thinking, you conform people. And it's like, Christian, man, you be led by the Spirit of God. He's going to show you what needs to get rid of in your life, and he's going to show you who you're becoming. And then this man now is relating with the Father. And he's going to be set free in so many areas. So I'm excited. He's going to share his testimony in time come. And then he's going to also, in time to come, sing a song that his brother did the beats to. Yeah. And you have the words. He, he sang it to me on Friday, and it was, I felt serenaded. It was pretty cool. So, <laughs> yeah. But thank you for coming up here, man. Give him a hand. So there's a universal problem, and it's that none of us were born into the world as just a son or daughter mindset. We were born with an orphan spirit or an orphan mindset. Is it making sense a little bit to you guys? Are you beginning to see the, and you're going to start to, I'm going to share in just a moment, you'll start to see where it pops up in our life. But many have been introduced to the Father and his goodness and his love, and yet we still struggle to receive his love and enjoy his presence. It's like we have to carry all of our chairs into the presence of God, so he's like, can I get in, please? I'm, I'm telling you, I'm serving, and I'm, I'm giving, and I'm praying, like, please let me in, Lord. And we're like, we think that this is a badge, that he goes, okay, yeah, you got it going on, come on in. No, I go in, I come boldly to the presence of God. Why? Because of the blood that has cleansed me. And so you can legally be a son of God, but still live as though you don't have a home with him. To live as though you really don't have a father who has fully accepted you. And I wrote this and I think it's important to say you cannot cast out an orphan spirit. You can only introduce him to the love of a father. You can't cast it out. You can't go to some seminar. No, you have to be introduced to the love of a father and renew your mind to a father's love. But most, just like I shared with with you with the illustration with Christian, most people are introduced to function before relationship. And we preach that the gospel is about Jesus and not about religion, but the moment that we get Jesus, we introduce them to what? Religion. We say, okay, now that you're a follower of Christ, grab these chairs. And it's a weight that we try, and we, we, we try to put on that mask on Sunday and go, I'm, hey, I'm doing good. This is great, everybody, man. I'm having a great time. I love serving the Lord. I can't wait to introduce people to the Lord and we're trying to worship God and we're like, man, I don't even know if I want to be here anymore because it's just so burdensome. And the Bible says in 1 John chapter 5 that the commandments of the Lord are not what? They're not burdensome. So as a son, I realize this. So I'm looking for God's view of me, his purpose for, for me, and his thoughts toward me. But I really wanted to highlight this verse too. Hebrews chapter 12. Look at this one. I realize as a son... I welcome the discipline and the chastisement of my father. 
when he disciplines me and when he chastises me, do you know what an orphan mindset perceives his discipline as? Rejection, punishment, anger, and disappointment. A son, and you read, you read all the way from verse 6 to verse 11, and it is an amazing set of passage. A son receives it, and it actually transforms him. I receive the times where the Holy Spirit seems to get my attention in a very real way. Why? Because I'm a son of God. And it says this, if you endure chastening, 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 God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which you have all become partakers, then you're illegitimate and you're not a son. So there's two categories of the children of God. One is those who know their father and they enjoy his love. And the other one is those who are living their lives as though they don't belong and that they aren't fully accepted by God. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's speaking to some of you that are not fully, you don't feel accepted. You don't feel like you belong in God's family, that you're deserving of what he has for you. The orphan heart always feels like you're on the outside looking in. It never fully feels like you belong or you've been accepted. And that's why at times people can go from one place to another, to another community or to another different organization or groups and and try to find their place and they just don't feel like they belong. It's not necessarily the people that are in that place. A lot of it has to do with the orphan mindset that we all live with. An orphan feel that he has no place of affirmation, no place of protection, no belonging or affection. He is or she is self-oriented, lonely, inwardly isolated, has no one from whom to draw godly inheritance. Therefore, in light of that, we now strive and we achieve and we compete and we now earn everything that we get in life. Doesn't that describe a lot of sons and daughters of God? Striving, achieving, competing, and earning when what we should be as sons is receiving. And it easily leads to a life of anxiety, a life of fear, and a life of frustration. Orphans live as though they do not have a home or a father that has fully accepted them. Orphans live with a feeling that they do not have a safe and a secure place where they are affirmed and protected. Orphan-minded believers strive to earn a place in the environment they are in. Sons begin to rest in a place that they have been freely given. Can you serve and be a son? Yes. But orphans serve to mask something. Orphans serve to prove something. Orphans serve to get something so that somebody can affirm them or show them something. And because I lived with that, and because I was introduced, or let me say I embraced, a functional way of relating with God, a transactional way of relating with God, I needed affirmation. And I remember the Lord over the last two and a half years, man, prior to this two years, so five years ago, he took me on a journey a very, very painful but gentle journey of helping me discover 
how much I needed affirmation, recognition, and accomplishing. Little did I know that my identity was wrapped in all those things until he started to just cut those things off my life and I started to find what does my life, how do I define my life when I don't have that and I don't have that and I don't have that. And I was left with what? I was left with a father's voice saying, and yet I still love you. Father, I thank you for Betty. I pray that this woman would learn over time, how to just receive. I thank you that the lingerings of this orphan mindset over many, many years and the function that has come with it, I thank you that you take her on a journey of discovering who she is to you and who you are for her. In Jesus' name, amen. Orphan-minded believers they are self-preservers because they just don't know who's going to take care of them. And thus they fend for themselves. Orphan-minded believers are always out to prove, prove something. Mainly two things. I'm good enough and I can do this on my own. Father, I thank you for Mary. And I ask in Jesus' name that you, Father, would speak to her as you are. Whatever it is that is blocking this, Father God, reveal it to her in Jesus' name. Show her what needs to be let go of and invite her to a place of freedom and joy that the past is the past put the function where it belongs and let her receive from you in Jesus name amen orphans live oh, how about this one this might hurt orphans live with walls that surround and protect them why so nobody can get in and hurt me and so these walls they protect me why I need these walls. Father, I thank you for Roberta and Wendy and I pray in Jesus' name, whatever it is you're speaking to them, do what you do, which is miracles. Father, thank you that their mind is being opened and renewed, that this thing is no longer part of their life in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak that over them, that they are the beloved daughters of God, that they are fully accepted. And Father God, this walls, whatever walls they've put up inside their own life and their own heart to protect, justifiably so, they're there because they're, there's a reason that Father, you begin to show them how to take it down brick by brick until they can realize you are their protector. You are their wall. You are their shield. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know who the for first orphan ever was? Lucifer. When he was cast out of heaven, guess what? He was the first one, and that's the first spirit that he wanted to put on this, his imprint on this earth was get people. You may believe in God, you may believe in Jesus, but I'm telling you what, you are not going to enjoy a relationship with God. Why? I'm going to live there tormenting you with this orphan mindset because that's how he had to live. Rejected by the Most High, never allowed back in, and now we have done things that are also damning, but God says all of you are welcome back in. And he's trying to convince us that we don't deserve it. He's trying to convince us that we have to earn it and that we have to get something from God or do something for God to get something from him. And so Eve was then deceived into that same orphan thinking. And his parents, don't you know, our children, when their hearts start to close off toward us, it's because they're hiding something. And why are they hiding something? 
because they don't want to be rejected. And we live learning how not to be rejected. We live how to not make a statement that somebody may not like. We live how to protect ourselves. And I'm telling you, it carries over into your relationship with God. And so you begin to live very safe. You begin to live very comfortable. You begin to go, God, I'm not going to believe for this because I don't know if my faith is strong enough. And so we don't even start to believe God for things that are beyond us because we don't want to fail him. We don't want to come up on the end of the stick going, man, I'm just doubting. There's an honesty that begins to happen when you're a son of God that you can be open with your father. Why? Because you know he meets you right where you are. If you choose orphan thinking, you ultimately can't live and enjoy the father's love. I'm going to close with this passage and then one more thought, and here it is. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, and says, So that we would know for sure that we are what? His true children, how would we know for sure? He has released his spirit into all of us, declaring, or the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry out, saying, my father, you're my true father. And I'm telling you, if you want God to move in your life, you invite him in. And many times we can't invite him in is because there's secrets that we're holding on to. There's places that we're ashamed of. And I'm telling you, as a son of God, he already knows what those are. He already knows that you're struggling with it, but he's waiting for us to invite him as a father and say, Father, I need you. And I was sharing with Betty the other day, sometimes we have to be this much beloved child and not this mature son or daughter. There are moments when he says, man, Justin, it's time to put on your mature thought process and I need, to, I need to use you for this specific thing. And then there's other moments where you're a much beloved kid, just like my six-year-old, that when it gets a little bit scary at night, what does she do? She exits her place of fear and runs where? To a safer place, which is right next to her parents. And we don't need to discuss the fear. We don't need to try to diagnose it or analyze it. She just wants to feel what? Safe. So all we need to do, doesn't even have to be a conversation or a teaching, is just what? Embrace her. And I'm telling you, there's a place in God that he allows us to be this and he allows us to be this. And there's moments when we just don't do this because we just don't feel that we have the freedom. And especially it's weird maybe for guys in this room to see yourself as a much beloved child that can go to your father's arms and he just simply embraces you and says it's going to be okay. Otherwise what we do is we try to go to God as a mature son and we say, okay God, and we're broken inside and we're freaking out and full of anxiety and we don't know what we're going to do and we feel like we just can't take it anymore and we talk to God and we go, okay, God, uh, I, I just show me how to, how to live this life. And then, Lord, please just, I, am I saying the right thing? And Father, I, in, instead of, and this is what I was sharing with Betty, it's like, Father, I don't think I can do it anymore. And I just need you to give me your strength because I don't have it. And I don't know what to do with my kids because they're not living for the Lord. And Father, I don't know what's going to happen with my marriage. And so I just come before you and I just need you to assure me that you've got it. And he just embraces us as a much beloved child. And nothing said, nothing spoken, but we leave that place going. 
I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it through it. And now it becomes a relational thing, not just a functional way of living with God. He says, moving us to Christ. Verse number seven up there by any chance. Now we are no longer living like slaves under the law, but we enjoy what? Being God's very own sons and daughters. I so long for the day that you guys, and maybe you do and some of you don't, enjoy being God's son and daughter. Where you actually enjoy it. Where you know he delighting in you and so finally you can enjoy that he delights in you you're like yeah right that was the resounding amens are overwhelming sometimes <laughs> being god's very own sons and because you're you're his we can what access why can we access because we're what summer does not access the fridge because she's always obedient and she doesn't get to not access the fridge if she's disobedient the fridge is what? It's part of her home. And I can access everything the Father has. Why? Because I'm His. And now I can enjoy Him. And what did God say to Jesus before He started His ministry? He didn't give Him a pep talk. He didn't give Him rules and things to figure out. He said, what phrase? This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm what? Now he could enter ministry. Father, I thank you for Amy in Jesus' name. Set her free. Father, I thank you for who she is as just a lady. But I thank you coupled with that, with the security of an identity, knowing that she can fully enjoy you, not trying to analyze, not trying to fix. Set her free to enjoy May this next season of her life be one that is marked by joy. In Jesus' name, amen. So he tells Jesus, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He goes into ministry, and what does the devil say? If you're really the son of God, guess what he left out? Beloved. It's one thing to be a son, and it's another thing to be a beloved son of God. And he went straight after what? His identity. Because he knew if I could get his identity, then ministry will become something that he'll identify with rather than who he is. Father, I thank you for Mike. I speak freedom in this man's life. Grace to overcome. Grace to enjoy. Father, I just see freedom. I thank you, Father God, that freedom's come into his home. I thank you forgiveness is there. Shame is gone, guilt's gone, condemnation's gone. And I thank you that the Son of God of who he is is rising up so he has the strength to say no. And he has the ability to say yes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And Jesus held strongly to who he was as a beloved Son of God. And that's why Jesus walked around life like he did. Because he knew who he was. Father, thank you for Karen. I thank you for this strong lady, woman of God. But I thank you that in her moments of weakness, she learns how to receive your strength. Whatever worries and fears are weighing on her, I thank you that she knows that you're going to take care of them. And I thank you that you're reminding her that although she can do it, you can do it better. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Father, I thank you for Diego. Diego, the Lord's saying to you, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And you're embarking upon a journey that he's already been where you are going. And the question that just keeps on coming is, will you trust him? So, Father, I thank you for a grace that's coming on that man to take some steps of courage, to take steps in the direction that you've been inviting him into. Thank you for the anointing on his life. And thank you for fulfilling that which you have placed in his heart. In Jesus' name, amen. I've spoken over this over you guys probably a year ago. And I want to say it again. I remember I was sitting, it was in a townhome that we lived in before this, house that we're presently in. And it was like 1 a.m. And these are the words that I wrote as I was thinking about you guys. The Lord says to all of you, you are my beloved. And I'm singing over you, for you are my beloved. You are my beloved. So simply receive. Receive what is yours, for I am yours and you are mine, says the Lord. And I'm raising you up. And I'm calling you up to higher places. So don't be afraid. Don't hold back. Don't look to your past. Set your gaze upon me. For I've chosen you. I have called you. And I have set you apart. So rise up. And be who I see you to be. Enter into your sonship. You are my sons and you are my daughters. Don't think anything otherwise. Allow my love to overwhelm you. Be secure in my love for you. I love you because I am love. And I am for you and I'm not against you. And I speak these words over you. They have the power to raise you up. They have the power to lead you to a place of victory. They have the power to transform your life. They have the power to cause you to become. So just receive. Receive the new identity. Receive a new grace. Receive new strength. Receive a new lens. And receive the power to live. Receive my love and go. Go forth. Don't hesitate. Don't delay. Don't get sidetracked. Go. Love. And represent me and I will cause you to reach people. For you are my beloved. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are mine.